from Isaiah 9, verse 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Creator, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with the righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God. Thank you. Welcome church. My name is John. I'm part of the team as well and it's my privilege to open God's Word and go through those verses with us this morning. I love this time of year as well. When I think of it, it's only a week to go and it's Christmas time. And I I truly hope that your preparations for Christmas have been going well. I hope especially that you've put time into preparing your heart to celebrate and worship the coming of our King the Lord Jesus. What's helped me prepare my heart is the time that I have intentionally spent this week reflecting on the words that Jackie just read, those very well-known Old Testament prophesied words that are always read at this time of year. From my earliest memory, I was raised in the church, we would read those verses in church at Christmas time. And these verses were spoken by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And he spoke these words 800 years before Jesus was born to a virgin named Mary in the little town of Bethlehem. But before I share these verses, I want to remind all of us that the Bible, this book, all of it, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is the story of our relationship restoration with God. The Bible is one story. Even though it is a collection of 66 different books, it tells the story of God restoring relationship with mankind. Now many people in our circles reject this story, categorically reject it. Others slowly drift away from the story 
There was a time in their lives when they did give some credit to the story, said that they had a relationship with God, depended on his goodness, but then life got busy and other interests and hobbies started to crowd out the activities that they were part involved in to help them in their relationship with God. And eventually life for them is done now without acknowledgement or involvement of God in their lives. They become numb to the things of God. And this is what we saw week after week in our recent series as we worked through the Old Testament book of Judges. You know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. But I think most of us who are here this morning, we have not rejected this story. We believe this story. God has revealed to us himself in a way that gives us hope for the future. We know that a better future is coming. God has promised that. And the fulfilment of our better future was secured through the person and the work of God's Son, Jesus Christ. The one who we remember and celebrate and worship at Christmas time. Now Isaiah, this prophet of God, he was a spokesman for God to God's people Israel for many, many years. And in Isaiah's time, in his history, when, when he spoke these words, Israel, God's people, were in a very, very dark place. They were a fractured nation. And if you have a look at the screen, you'll see a map there of what was that blue and the yellow. That was all Israel at one time. But the nation had fractured into two parts, north and south, Israel and Judah. And the Assyrian Empire was gaining tremendous political and military and economic power and they were threatening to totally overrun all of God's people. The Assyrian Empire. And here is God's nation of Israel. North, South, Judah. Isaiah had been warning the people of God to turn from their arrogance, to turn from their sin and to return to following God, the true God. But when we read the stories, we see that their disobedience continued. So Isaiah prophesied the consequence of this. And I want to read to you a few verses to give us some context and and understand that this is Old Testament Hebrew that's been translated into English. But we read here Isaiah speaking about God's people. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look forward, uh, sorry, then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Now the scene that Isaiah is painting here about Israel is, it is a scene of hopelessness. It is a scene of darkness. Israel is in serious trouble due to their willful rejection of God's influence in their lives. 
But, but, the story of the Christian faith, the story of God's restoration relationship provides and promises hope and healing. And here comes the verses that Isaiah then prophesied, these verses that we read at Christmas time, where we read, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government... And of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Now this morning we're going to reflect on these words that Isaiah spoke. Because, friends, the hope and the comfort that we have here prepares us for celebrating Christmas next weekend. This prophecy, this prophecy is so encouraging. And it's not just for ancient Israel, for, Israel from, for Isaiah's people, but for us today too. And I say that because like Israel was at their time when Isaiah spoke this prophecy, we today also have times of gloom and despair, don't we? Things happen in life and we think, oh, But when it appears that our troubles and our sorrows will never end, the Lord always provides a way. When everything appears to be going wrong and when it appears as if there is no hope, desperateness is a reality for us too. And I know that for some, Christmas time only intensifies the feelings of hopelessness. So let's see how this Old Testament prophecy applies to us today. And I want to take us to look at these verses from two sides of the table. I want us to look at it from the theological side, but also the experiential side. How does this apply? What is Isaiah saying here? What is the theological truth? Well, the people are lost. They're desperate. They're in darkness. Remember the context. The Assyrian Empire is closing in on them. They are really threatened with losing their existence. Things couldn't have been bleaker for the nation known as Israel. And Isaiah says, a child is coming and he is God's solution to your desperate situation. And then Isaiah uses four terms to describe Jesus. And these terms have rich meaning in their original Hebrew language. But they are more difficult for us to understand today because of the change of language over the centuries. We read, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now today we think of a counsellor as someone that we go to with our problems, hoping to find 
solutions and strategies to help us fix them. But the prophet Isaiah is saying more than that about this promised Messiah, this child. And he actually explains it a little bit further in chapter 11 where we read, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And the Hebrew term wonderful counsellor, when it's brought together, frequently refers to, to the supernatural, the divine. And this is true of the child Jesus, God's son, who has been with God eternally and comes to us. He is the very wisdom of God. And coming as a baby, the miracle and the amazement of the incarnation comes to fulfilment. Now comes this restoration process that God initiates for his people. Hence, the next term describing the child to be born. He is mighty God. He is mighty God. Isaiah is declaring to Israel and to us, because we are the new Israel, we are God's people, he is declaring that the ultimate saviour, the king, is Jesus, God incarnate. He comes with power to save. It is his coming that we remember, celebrate and worship next weekend. He is mighty God, friends. It's not about Santa Claus. It's about God coming to us. He is God incarnate. Jesus Christ, the restorer of our relationship with our creator God. Who Isaiah now titles Everlasting Father. Because that describes the Saviour's fatherly rule over the nation of Israel. His people, us. Believers, Christ followers. Now God's original design for Israel's kings and the um, judges in the Old Testament was that they would care for the people as a shepherd would care for the flock. But these kings and prophets failed. And in contrast, Isaiah prophesies that Jesus is coming and Jesus will be the shepherd who will always care for his people without end. That's who the child to be born is and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And then Isaiah finishes by saying he will be called the Prince of Peace. And this title means more than just absence of war. Scholars tell us that this title has two implications. He will defeat his enemies and win victory for his people. And two, he will bring divine peace and blessings to his people. So Isaiah is saying to us as we prepare for for Christmas again, he is saying the promised king will accomplish a truce among warring nations and divided hearts. He will be the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. 
and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth, from this time forth and forevermore. Now friends, that is the theological truth that is given here in this ancient prophecy about the coming of King Jesus. But now let's talk about the real life experience of what these truths mean. What do we do when we encounter dark, painful, desperate times? And we all have these times. We all go through disappointments that just make us go, I can't take more. In this passage, Isaiah is saying three things to us. Three things to help us cope with the challenges that come from living in a broken world. And the first thing I want to point out is that you need to acknowledge your pain. Because the pain we experience in life is real. Don't deny the reality of pain and darkness in your lives. Pain and suffering are realities of life because we live in a broken world. The world is not as it should be. (coughs) You know, when we read the Psalms in particular, (coughs) when we read the Psalms, we find examples of God's people telling God, how they feel about their pain, particularly David. He is definitely not disconnected from the reality of his pain. Have a look at the words of Psalm 69 on the screen. Let me read them. This is God, uh, David speaking to God. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out, calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail, looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. You know, Old Testament David was was honest. He was was real with God about his feelings. And likewise, we can be honest with our feelings, with our reality. Don't think that the Christian faith is is a faith system where we have to just Suck it up and always be strong. We need to acknowledge our pain and allow our pain to grow us. So, you need to acknowledge your pain and number two, you need to know there is light coming. The light is the child to be born. In Christ, our future is eternally secure and perfect. You know, those who reject the Bible story of God's relationship restoration plan for mankind, they don't have eternal hope. But friends, everyone needs hope. Everyone needs hope. 
you remember me telling you some time ago about Viktor Frankl? There's a photo on the screen of him and a copy of the, the cover of one of his famous books that he's written. Viktor Frankl was a renowned psychiatrist and during World War II, he and his parents and his siblings and his wife were interned in a Nazi concentration camp. And only Victor and his sister survived. And what they endured is beyond comprehension. But following their liberation, Victor Frankl went on to establish himself as a renowned psychotherapist who is still at the forefront in, in psychotherapy. And he proved that when hope is lost, death and defeat is all that remains. Friends, hope brings life. And in Jesus, hope is not just found, but in Jesus, hope is secured. Hope is secured. You see, we need to know there is light coming. And then number three, what we see here from Isaiah is that the king that's coming, Jesus, is good and capable. What Isaiah prophesied to Israel as they faced their their dark times is what we will experience when we surrender our lives and our will to the child that was born on Christmas morning. He is God, incarnate capable, mighty to save. He never allows us to despair deeper than we can endure in order to grow. That's his promise. That's his promise. Our relationship is not based on our goodness or our faithfulness. It is he, God, who came to earth in the form of a baby It is he who enables and holds us forever, eternally. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say next. There are two evil lies that our spiritual enemy tries to convince our hearts of when we are in painful times and dark times. And the lies are these. I'm alone in my pain, no one understands. The future is hopeless, it's out of control. Friends, there is someone who understands and that is Jesus. And even though it may be out of our control, it is never, it is never out of God's control what we're going through. Because Jesus has come from heaven to earth. Because he's come... He has entered into our world and into our reality. He understands what we go through. He sympathises with us in our weakness. But he doesn't just sympathise with us, he saves us. He saves us. He bears the the penalty for our sin and our brokenness that contributes to this, this mess of a world that we're living in. He rises again to to assure us once and for all that the future is not hopeless, but that the future is in his control and it is glorious, friends. And this is what and why we celebrate and worship the Christmas child each year. 
I am so looking forward to next weekend where I can just sit back and I can celebrate that God sent his son Jesus to save me from myself and provide my forever after future. And that is a gift, that is a promise that's extended to everyone. To everyone. Our world needs Jesus. His peace, his justice, his righteousness. And that is what we must share with our family and our friends who don't know Jesus yet. So friends, I want to close this final preparation message leading us to Christmas with a challenge. We all have people that we care about that are a very, very long way away from God. They are in that basket where they just reject the story of God's restoration plan. Or they're in the basket where they were once close, but the busyness of life has drawn them away. Friends, I want to challenge you to invite those that you have connection with to come to one of the services, where they can be reminded, where they can hear the life-transforming truth that God sent a saviour. It is Jesus who restores the relationship that we can all have with our creator God. Three services. Sunday morning, which is Christmas Eve morning, is a special family service, a family Christmas service. If you know people who've got little kids, they're going to find it cool to be at church. Invite them to church. Or our Christmas service, we're doing it twice, Christmas Eve, 6pm, and Christmas morning, 9am. Invite them, that they may hear. So let me pray for us, as we continue to ask God to help us to prepare our hearts and to reach out to those who don't know him to come and hear this message. So God, we thank you for this ancient prophecy that the child who was going to restore your world, the relationship that, that the people you created can have with you, was Jesus, who has now come, who connects with us, who identifies with us, who walks with us when we're going through our dark time. So God, I pray for all of us that, that we may all turn our eyes back to you, Realising, Father, that what we need for our okayness is found in you. So, Jesus, thank you for this reminder. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our church family. And we look forward to next weekend where we can all slow down to celebrate your coming. To you goes all the glory. We pray this in your name and said, Amen. Let's respond to the arrival of the Messiah.